to a fantastic new Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have another wonderful, wonderful dance-based show to share with you today. And joining us to tell us about that, we have the artistic director, Samantha Jarasht. She's involved with the T-Lab Shares host of Sokolov Theater Dance Ensembles, In the Eye of a Dream. It's playing November 9th through 19th at Theater Lab, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting theaterlabnyc.com. We are so excited to be bringing you this very, very fascinating dance-inspired show. So with that, let's go ahead and welcome on our guest, Samantha. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be having you today. I'm so excited to learn more about this great show, In the Eye of a Dream. Could we start by having you tell us a little bit about the show? So I am the artistic director of the Sokolo Theater Dance Ensemble, which is the legacy company of American modern dance pioneer Anna Sokolo. And this show encompasses two of her pieces that she did as homages to artists that she really adored. The first one is to Frida Kahlo, who she knew when she was in Mexico. She knew her well. And Anna was 88 years old when she made this dance. And she thought that there was a whole bunch of work about Frida coming out. It was in the, it was like 1997 when she made it. And she felt that a lot about Frida that she knew had been missed. So she decided to make her own Frida piece. And so this is her, her homage to Frida, who she considered a friend and a fellow artist as I said, who she knew her well. So it's like the world through Frida's eyes in certain ways. And it's a combination of her relationships and her relationship to Mexico and her relationship to Diego and her relationship to her art. So that is the first work that we're showing. The second piece that we're showing is actually an older work that was made in 1970 called Magritte Magritte. And Anna did not know Magritte, but she really loved his work and it spoke to her and she designed this dance to almost like we can crawl inside of some of these Magritte paintings and look at them from different perspectives and so it's a series of Magritte paintings and what they would be if they were set in motion and some of them are abstract dance pieces there's actually a mini play there's poetry so it's the begin it's really a theater dance spectacle I mean, spectacle is probably not the best word, but a theater dance event. It is the work that made Pina Bausch say, oh, that's what I want to do. It was cutting edge. It's still cutting edge. I think people are going to be shocked to see how on the edge Anna was in 1970. And so that's the two works we're doing. What we're doing that's new and different from the ways they've been seen before, although Frida's been done, but Magritte has not really been seen since 2004 is that we are working with projection artist, Kathleen Kelly of Proteo Media in this beautiful white space at Theater Lab NYC. And she has taken what were the original projections and the original idea of the projections and run with them in 2023 technology. Because I feel strongly, particularly after COVID, that our experience of being in the theater has really changed. And I didn't want to show these works from a distance where you were looking at the stage as if it was a giant screen. I mean, I understand, you know, it's not that theater, in a, being in a theater isn't live and exciting, but that it wasn't distant and far away. 
So this is an intimate space on purpose. That's why we have 10 shows because seating is very limited. And Kathleen and I, with Saul Ulario, who's our lighting designer, have worked together to make this immersive experience that's not a commercial immersive experience like, say, the Vincent van Gogh or the gold, but that you feel like you are drawn into the works the way we feel drawn into the works when we're in the studio rehearsing them. So that is what we're up to here. That sounds amazing. I love that. I want to dig a little bit more, and I'm curious to know, as the artistic director of this company, what inspired you to pick these two pieces in particular? So we actually were working on a show that would have included Magritte Magritte when we went into lockdown (laughs) in COVID. And so that we, I had already had Magritte bubbling in my mind, but with another work of Anna's called Rooms, which is actually about being in isolation. So we did a great deal of Rooms over the pandemic and we produced one from all the dancers apartments so we we had worked on rooms a lot and then I thought well what are we going to do with Magritte that's makes sense because my job in addition to like making sure that I safeguard this legacy is to curate it in a way that makes sense to audiences and so that it becomes accessible to audiences and so I thought well let's do these two pieces together and then I was incredibly lucky that as I was talking about doing Frida Christine Dakin, who was one of the stars of the Graham Company when Martha was still alive and was the first director of the Graham Company after Martha passed and is just a force of nature and one of the most wonderful artists I could have ever dreamed to work with. And she agreed to do the role of Frida. So I have Christine Dakin and Frida with the company who are you know wonderful to work with. And then we have another guest artist in the Magritte piece, Clarence Brooks. So I just got a collection of artists and thought, like, let's, how do we put them all together and make this work? That's amazing. I, the, the level of talent you've amassed sounds incredible. Yeah. And that kind of leads into my next question, which is like, what has it been like developing in the eye of a dream, especially as we come up on the opening? So... It's been a huge project because we, you know, we had worked on various sections of Sokolo's pieces and we've performed them in smaller ways over the last year, but putting the whole thing together, making sure the pieces are at the quality and standard of Sokolo that we want so that you're looking at a Sokolo work at its best so that we can then enhance it with all of the new technology and the change of space and the kind of venue and make sure that all of those pieces fit together properly so that there's a really good balance because we can't have the new cool technology outbalance the choreography and Sokolo is a master. So we're dealing with a masterpiece. So you don't want a masterpiece that's unbalanced by something else. So it's really been a very carefully knit together project. I have two associate artistic directors, Lauren Nasland and Eleanor Bunker, and we three work together very carefully. And then we added in Kathleen and Saul, who are the projectionists and lighting designers. And so we have quite an artistic team making this all happen. Fantastic. Now, as you mentioned, one of these pieces is, is pretty well known regarding Frida Kahlo and the other one, not as much. So with these two pieces you're focusing on, is there a message or a thought you're hoping that audiences take away? Well, I want to make sure Magritte is known in that people say, oh, yes, Anna made Magritte, but they haven't seen it because we did it once 
20 something years ago over a 4th of July weekend in New York City. So you can imagine, right? But the thing about these works is that they're, they speak to us about our need to have access to art and our, the way we can feel when we have wonderful art. And Anna's belief in art in itself, you know, she's very well known for her human commentary and her social justice commentary and the pieces that kind of hit you hard that way. And when I first took over in 2016, as you can imagine, we were doing a lot of those. But I really wanted to do something that was just like the open, breathtaking uh, expanse of some of what Anna can do that she's less well known for or that's less seen. So that was how I put these two pieces together. And I think that the audience experience is going to be just, a, you know, it, there's, there's all kinds of emotions that happen over the course of these pieces but it's kind of this breathtaking expanse of what art can be. And I think that's what we're going for with this show. That is tremendous. I love that. Love that. And I'm glad that you mentioned accessing to the accessibility to art, because that is leading to my final question in this first part, which is who do you hope have access to this show? Well, I as the director of a legacy company, the dance world is a little fickle about new versus old choreography, right? So if you go to an art museum, you expect to see a range of art from, you know, all across centuries and centuries. If you go to hear music, of course, we listen to classical music. But somehow in dance, we have this idea that if we let the old stuff be seen a lot, the new stuff doesn't have space. And I think that has to do with, in general, in our world, how little, little space we have for dance. So it's in high competition. But I actually think that audiences who think that they don't connect to dance should see this because they will. I think that dancers who are learning to choreograph and make statements of their own and, and show what they feel on stage will benefit from this. I have a group of students actually from Hoboken Charter School High School who are gonna to come to a show and I'm delighted that I can share this with them because some of them have been my students. So the range of I think who this will appeal to is, is very large. So I'm hoping that we'll get a new audiences who would not have necessarily say, oh, I'll go to an Anasakalo show but, oh, this Frida and Magritte looks fascinating. And so that's who I'm after. to the second part of our interview i want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better pull the curtain back if you will and i'd like to know what or who inspires you we typically ask about you know what playwrights composers or shows in the past have inspired you but i also want to include choreographers this is a dance show so what choreographers have inspired you as well or just some of your favorites okay well let's say 
that I, you know, studied and danced a great deal. Uh, Doris Humphrey and Charles Weidman's work. I studied with Alma Nicolai, Nicolai and Murray Lewis. I have a favorite in David Parker of David Parker and the Bang Group. I love Julianne Doku, who is working out of Denmark. I, I'm like, I have a huge range of choreographers whose work I love. I did laugh that when I first arrived in New York, I studied at the Nikolai and Lewis Dance Lab. And Nikolai, his work, he was a multimedia specialist and I loved watching his work, but I didn't really process that that was part of my, you know, my, my career, because that's not what I've done. I've gone on and done other things. But then when I was putting this show together last night, when I started to see the projections, I was laughing and I thought, oh, here's my 23-year-old self mixed with my grown-up artistic director self, and we're putting it all together now. So Sokolo did use projections in these works. We're not just adding the idea of projections. It's just, it completely changes because of our technology now and what, you know, Protea Media can do because they're, it's phenomenal. That is very cool. Very cool. Wonderful list there. I know you've been very busy getting this show ready. Like I'd mentioned, the opening night's coming up, but have you had the chance lately to see any great theater or dance performances that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? You know what? I've been really busy. I was in Greeley, Colorado, watching the glorious students at the University of Northern Colorado perform Sokolo's Rooms. And as I said, go to see Kyle Marshall at the Joyce, go to see the Taylor season, go to see David Parker's Nutcracked is going to be at the 92nd Street Y. Those are, those are the three that come to mind very quickly. That's a wonderful list to, to suggest. I love that. Let me ask, what is your favorite part about working in the performing arts? That's a hard question. That you're, the, you're almost the second person to ask me that recently. I'm going to say my colleagues, that I have been surrounded by fantastic, I have the most wonderful mentor in Jim May, and fantastic colleagues at Sokolo Theater Dance Ensemble and, you know, and an extension of women who are interested in modernism and dance who I, I speak to on a regular basis. And so, and the work, like really the work of doing the work is a joy for me and getting in the studio with my dancers and like pulling things apart until we get it exactly the way we want it. And I think that working with them, that's also a tremendous joy. I I adore that answer. I really do. That shout out to mentors and students. That's amazing right there. We have now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, and that is what is your favorite theater memory? That's a hard one. <laughs> Let's see. I'm gonna say actually among my favorite theater memories was the first time I went to see Sokolo. And I didn't know anything about them. I had just started studying with Jim May, who was became my mentor, but I didn't know him very well at all. And I went to see what he was up to. And I had been interested in modern dance, but I had never seen anything like this. And I think that I saw Lyric Suite and Evolution of Ragtime and her Kurt Vile homage on that program. And I was blown away by what could be said so simply in movement. And I think that just sitting in that theater, it changed my life, obviously, because I'm still here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that performance at Marymount College and that fantastic company that came before me. That is a fabulous memory. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that memory. 
Are there any other upcoming projects or productions that we might be able to plug for you? So on January 26th, we will be at the Coolidge Auditorium at the Library of Congress performing two dances that reimagined is one from photographs and one from another version that she made of the piece to music by Alex North because they were working in collaboration at that time. So we're, the Library of Congress has the Sokolow, we'll have the Sokolow and Alex North archives. And this event is a celebration of those two archives. So that's, that is, that's next on the agenda. That sounds incredible. Congrats on that. Yeah, it's a totally different kind of event. So we're excited. Well, that leads to my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about In the Eye of a Dream or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? Oh, the best way to get to us is on through our website, which is Sokolow, S-O-K-O-L-O-W, theater with an R-E, dance.org. And there's stuff on the contact page. There's the front page has all of the concert information as well as the T-Lab website, but you can get a hold of me. You can message me. Um, info at Sokolow will come to me. So anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. There are all these Sokolow people out there who are like, I dance this dance in such and such a year, and I want to hear from you. <laughs> so, I love that. Wonderful. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for stopping by today, taking the time to talk to us about this amazing artist, about this amazing show that you're putting on, just everything. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you spending time with me today. Thank you. Thank you. My guest today has been the artistic director, Samantha Jershot, who's with Sakla Theater Dance Ensembles, in the eye of a dream it's being hosted by t lab and it's happening november 9th through the 19th at theater lab you can get your tickets and more information by visiting theaterlabnyc.com and make sure while you're online that you check out sokolo's website which is sokolotheaterdance.org we're gonna have all this information posted in our episode description as well as in our social media posts but make sure you head to midtown november 9th through the 19th check out this great performance in the eye of a dream so until next time i'm andrew cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones unwrap your candies and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.